1 Samuel 17 verse 20. Early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and greeted his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance and David heard it. When Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Verse 27, they repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Now when Elab, um, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here and with whom did you leave these few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You come down only to watch the battle. What have I done, said David? Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul. Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. And he has been fighting man from his youth. Lord God, I want to pray for um, Tim as he comes to speak to us. I want to pray, Jesus, that you speak through him and that you just really bless him as he's given out. And may we connect our heart and our head knowledge with our Heavenly Father this morning. Amen. We're in the middle of a series over the summer here at uh, Riverside. So here, both our morning gatherings here at Queensbridge are gathering together as one. And then over at Bourneville at the same time as this right now, we're all looking at this uh, theme of Mythbusters. Mythbusters, rewriting the fiction in our lives. The, the stories that we all believe that actually may be more fiction than fact. The things that we base our lives upon and we're convinced are true, but when we actually unpick them, we realize that they're full of myths. That's what we're thinking of. And today, we are focusing on this myth, the myth that I must be strong. <coughs> Strength, that we're convinced that in certain situations or in certain scenarios in our lives that we've gotta be strong. And that might look different depending on our circumstances. So you may be a parent and this is the reality, but you feel that you have to be like this. Or at work, this is the reality. And yet you feel you have to be like this man, the super worker, who worked, brilliant article, worked for 50 years without a day off. Wow, super worker. Or you may be like this in your family. The reality is this, but you're trying your best to appear like this. <laughs> the perfect family. Whoever we are, whatever our circumstances in life, it's so easy to think that we need to be Superman. 
can't let our guard down, always being strong. And things like the Olympics that are happening right now, with all the beauty and the fantastic things that are within it, can reinforce that as we see these great people doing great things, great achievements, defying the odds, a beautiful thing. The courage, the heroism. And the thing I look forward to even more than the Olympics is the Paralympic Games, with having to overcome even more obstacles. Well, I want to suggest that true strength is very different than the things that we may associate with it. But I love that phrase, forget everything you thought you knew about strength. That's what we're gonna do this morning. Forget everything that we think we know about strength. Forget everything that our culture tells us about strength. In a culture in which politicians cannot admit mistakes, in where businesses always have to grow. I wanna suggest this morning that the Bible's view of strength is one of the most profound gifts to our society. And so if you are here this morning and think of yourself as having it all together, there are some warnings for you this morning. But if you're here this morning and you know that deep down you are weak, you are a failure, you are messed up, you are a charlatan, you are, can't cope with what you've got going on, you're struggling to keep your head above water, you feel like giving up, then maybe, just maybe, you are stronger than you ever realize. You see, if we've been around church for a little while, we love verses like this from the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter one, verse nine, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord our your God will be with you wherever you go. We love verses like that. We put them on our fridges. We memorize them. We have bookmarks in our Bibles about them. But we focus on the first bit. It's all about our strength. Be strong. God's people in this verse are about to enter into the land that God has promised them. And here they're commanded to be strong three times in the opening chapter of Joshua. Be strong and courageous. We love it. It gives us an injection of kind of energy and confidence that we can just chin up, get through it, grit our teeth. Come on, be strong. You're a man, Tim, or a woman. I'm not a woman, you know what I mean. <laughs> but in the words of Lance Armstrong, live strong. But of course, the deep irony of his story and the deep irony in many of our lives, frankly, what about when we can't be strong? When we don't have the energy, when we can't chin up, when things, gritted teeth, make no difference. And we forget the end of those verses. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Twelve times in the book of Joshua, a reminder that it is God who goes with them, the God who rescued them from Egypt. You see, we can forget everything we thought we knew about strength. Being strong is not about us at all. So if you're here this morning, you don't have to be a superman, you don't have to be Wonder Woman, you don't have to be super grand, you don't have to be super employee, super exam passer, whatever the super ends with. Forget everything you know. And in this story from the Old Testament that has been read to us, 
The story of David really highlights, I think, three key things for us about this myth that I must be strong. And we're going to keep this verse, not from the Old Testament, but from the New Testament, on the screen for the rest of the morning. Because it perfectly summarizes something of David's story and something of the Christian theme that is such a profound gift for our society. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So if you feel you're strong here this morning, there's a warning here. And if you feel you're weak, you may be stronger than you ever realize. So three things from the story of David about strength and about true strength. And the first is this, true strength is nothing to do with appearances. Nothing to do with appearances. September the 26th, 1960, changed the world. It was the first televised debate between two presidential candidates in America. It was between Vice President Richard Nixon and new upstart John F. Kennedy. Despite Nixon having been in government and being very experienced with media, up till now it was predominantly radio and the print media. But this was the first televised debate. Nixon, the day of the debate, felt very unwell. But because he wasn't expecting what the impact of telly could be, he appeared on the screen looking sweaty, a bit unkempt, and relying on his knowledge and experience. In contrast, JFK had a handle on what this new media could do. And he'd spent hours beforehand getting dressed properly, getting his hair done, and in makeup. So that in this TV debate, Commentators today say it was that moment that Kennedy won the election. It was the first time people could see the candidates. No wonder a few years later, Marshall McLuhan would say, the medium is the message. How we appear to others so often is the key message, isn't it? And we still live in the light of that today. Little experiment for you this week. Pick up a newspaper of any particular persuasion and you will see if you pick up a left-leaning newspaper, look what photographs they have of right-leaning politicians. And the other way around, if you pick up a right-leaning newspaper, look what photographs they have of left-leaning politicians and you'll see they're quite different photographs because the medium is the message. And therefore, it's no surprise that for all of us, we have bought into this myth that we need to appear strong. After all, that what's get, that's what gets you votes. That's what gets you somewhere in life. And in 1 Samuel 16, just before the passage that was read to us, Samuel is anointing the king. He's choosing the king. And he knows it's going to be one of Jesse's sons. And so he gets all the ones who are looking pretty hot. The strong warrior type, the kind of butch man. And he gets them all. And then God effectively says, none of these. Is there any more? And they kind of falteringly say, well, there is. He's a shepherd. And then we've got this powerful verse that many of us know. Verse 7 of 1 Samuel 16. The Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. 
The Lord doesn't look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And we like that verse, if we've been around church for a while, and we live in the light of that verse because people do look at the outward appearance. But we quickly forget and brush over that God looks not at that. And here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we have this amazing encounter with David who is a weak shepherd boy standing before this strong warrior. And Goliath laughs at him. Let me read to you verse 42 as David finally appears before Goliath. You can sort of almost see the wry smile in Goliath, on Goliath's face. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy glowing with health and handsome, he despised him. Look at you, pretty boy, is what the warrior says. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds. You can see the contempt. What's this? It's not gonna beat me, is he? And so often, that reality for us is that we rely on appearing strong. And yet here, the story, as we know, goes on, and it makes us realize that we don't have to pretend to be strong. We don't have to appear to be strong at all, because true strength is not about appearances. True strength is not about how we look to others and whether three people think we're strong or not. And there's five dangers, I think, of us presenting strength as though we feel we have to appear strong. Here are the five dangers. Firstly, we can be quick to blame. If we need to appear strong when something goes wrong, it's got to be someone else's fault, hasn't it? Because after all, we've got to be strong. And so we point our fingers at other people and we forget that by pointing one finger over there, we've got three pointing back at ourselves. We can be quick to blame if we need to appear strong all the time. Second danger of appearing strong is that we're quick to be defensive, never apologizing, never owning up. I heard a brilliant quote uh, when a church leader was talking to other church leaders about people kind of criticizing them and so on. And this church leader very, very helpfully said, when people criticize you, say to God, thank goodness they only know that about me. We can be quick to blame others if we have to appear strong. We can be quick to be defensive. Thirdly, we can be quick to sort of super spiritualize if we need to appear strong. When life is all caving in and, and kind of the pressures of the world are on us, we feel we need to present a sort of uber spiritual approach to things. When life is rubbish, we just have to kind of syrupy smile and say, thank you, Jesus. Can I encourage you that is not biblical? The majority of the Psalms, they think, as well as Psalms of praise, are Psalms of lament. How long, God? Why? Not, bless you, Jesus, for this trauma. As Eugene Peterson said, in making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Don't need to present strength at all. Don't need to super spiritualize. Yes, God is at work, and we'll get there. But we don't need to just over-spiritualize the tough stuff of life. 
Fourthly, fourth danger of needing to appear strong is that we can be quick to compare with others. After all, we look at others' apparent strength, that by the way, they're just pretending as well, and therefore we believe that it's all about me, I'm the failure. And it leads to a culture of competition, not a culture of community. Can I encourage you to do something right now? Would you look at the person next to you? Please do. I'm gonna tell you something about them. They have weaknesses that you will never see and they are more messed up than you know. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) They have weaknesses that they hope you'll never see. And therefore the Christian community is one in which we can be honest with each other about weakness confessing to each other our weakness, not needing to present a strength that we know is fiction, not fact. Fifth danger of presenting strength is this, we can be quick to hide, quick to hide, and we're never real with the people around us. We're never real with those closest to us because everyone else seems to have it all together. Friends, forget everything you knew about strength God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So true strength is not about appearances at all. But secondly, true strength needs others. I Googled uh, this kind of idea about I must be strong and all the kind of nice quotes that come up you see on Facebook and people kind of tweet and things like that. Here they are, Shakespeare. Expectation is the root of all heartache. That'll cheer you up for the day. Or Harold Sherman, the more you depend on first forces outside yourself, the more you're dominated by them. So you can only depend on yourself. Or as somebody said, never put the key to your happiness in someone else's pocket. Or as Wayne Schultz said, in the end, the only person you can rely on is yourself. If that's true, we've got deep problems. (laughs) And for some of us, we have been deeply wounded by other people. And so we've bought into the myth that it's all just, I've gotta be strong myself. I can't depend or rely on anyone. And therefore the strength has to come from me and me alone. And of course the question for all of us is, that's fine, but what about when we run out of strength ourselves? When the energy goes, when we're too exhausted, we can't keep our head above water anymore. What about those people who can't? And in that Joshua verse we read earlier, we quickly forget, don't we? The only reason God's people are told to be strong is because God promises he will be with them. And the same is true for David in this passage. Let me read to you verse 37 of 1 Samuel 17. Verse, as David is kind of justifying why he's gonna go to battle with Saul, He says this, after kind of defending himself, saying I was a warrior, I fought bears, I've, I've been a shepherd, I'm strong enough, but then he says these profound words. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. 
And Saul says, go and the Lord be with you. It's not about David being a good bear wrestler that he can beat Goliath. It's only because God is with him. David wasn't strong at all. God was. David just knew that God was strong. And we imagine that we have to be like David, defeating the giants. Whereas actually it's just, he needs God. So, we don't need to pretend to be strong. We need others around us. We cannot make it on our own. But thirdly and finally, true strength admits weakness. Listen to these quotes uh, of our culture. Catherine Zeta-Jones, the Hollywood actress, said, being glamorous is about strength and confidence. It's black and white, dramatic, you have to be strong. Or Ivana Trump, former wife of Donald Trump, said this, in business you have to be strong. If you're weak, people are gonna take advantage. Or I heard a song as I was preparing for this talk, and I'd never heard it before. Some of you who are more advanced in ages of, of years of me may remember the song, I Am Woman by Helen Reddy. Put your hands up if you remember the song. Let me read you the lyrics. I am woman, hear me roar, in numbers too big to ignore, and I know too much to go back and pretend, because I've heard it all before, and I've been down there on the floor, no one's ever gonna keep me down again. Oh yes, I am wise, but it's wisdom born of pain. Yes, I've paid the price, but look how much I gained. If I have to, I can do anything. I am strong, I'm invincible, I am woman. And so often we get the Goliath story wrong. As though we, are David in the story. As though we're the ones that just need to have the courage to confront our giants face to face and with our strength we can defeat anything. We can change the world, we can do it. But rather, the key message of the story is this. God's people needed somebody to be strong on their behalf. They needed a substitute who was willing to step in and defeat the enemy. They needed somebody, because they couldn't do it, to come in and say, I will stand in your place and overcome this giant. Which is why Paul can write in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. What is more foolish, what is more weak than a man hanging nearly naked on a cross? Oswald Chambers said, don't try to be profound, God became a baby. So often we forget that right at the heart of Christianity is real weakness. And so therefore if we're people feeling that we need to be strong or we have to present strength, we go against the very heart of the gospel. And it's only when we then realize and we talk freely with each other and then we talk freely in our society about how we need help, we are not strong, we are weak, to others then finally say, you too, brilliant, come let me join you. Because everywhere else is this myth that we need to present ourselves in this strong way and deep down everyone knows they haven't got it all together. Weakness is key 
which is why God chooses so often to speak through children or to those who are disabled or to those who are weak, to us who present strength. Because God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So can I ask you, are you strong or are you weak? Maybe, just maybe, if we realize we are weak, maybe we're stronger than we ever, ever realized. And may we be people who then share that same grace that we need with those around us. Shall we pray together? In the stillness, um, I'm guessing that there may be some people here who feel very, very weak at the moment. and are trying to keep it all together, trying to juggle all these balls that they have going on right now. And maybe this morning, God simply has been saying to you and wants to say to you, I am strong. I've got you. And for others of us this morning, it may be that we know we've bought wholeheartedly into this myth, and we know deep down we can take the mask off and face to face with the God who made us admit that we are weak and we need help. 